0: Hello and welcome to The Hygiene Hustle. Here we will tell you the story of cleaning in food factories. I'm Phil May, I've been in the hygiene industry for 20 years and I want to share with you insights from my time in food factories and show you just how the hygiene operatives deal with the issues that they find overnight. So what is The Hygiene Hustle all about? The Hygiene Hustle, I wanted to be a podcast about Hygiene operatives, hygiene managers and the hygiene teams in our food industry. It's such an underrated function. It needs a voice and a bit of a PR job. And I thought that I could help with that. What this isn't going to be is it's not going to be an expose of the food industry. It's not going to be a what we don't do or what we do do. It's going to be a highlight of the function itself of hygiene and how they do what they do. So with that, what is hygiene? It's not food hygiene. Food hygiene is something completely different and hygiene forms a part of food hygiene. Hygiene can also be called sanitation. I don't like sanitation. It reminds me of making something sanitary, which reminds me of cleaning the toilet, which is something hygiene teams do have to do, but it's not the key part of what we do. So, when I've spoken to hygiene managers, they always talk about themselves as the start of the production process. They class themselves as the team that allows the production team to start with a safe food factory, ready to produce good, safe food. And I think that's important. We're not the end of the process. We are the people that prepare for the next process. So how do we do that? So we start with the removal of debris, taking whatever's left on the shop floor from leftover product to uh, remains of packaging, to raw materials, even to some finished products that have been left behind. We remove all of those from, from the areas and we sweep up all the waste from the floor to allow us to start the process of removing pathogens, things such as listeria, very important in the food industry, and, th- and then allergens as well. So the removal of allergens, obviously, in the very near um, past has been highlighted by the fact that people have been very, very poorly and have died from the non-removal of allergens. So this is key to part of the hygiene team's process. The fact that we're relying on these hygiene teams to make the factory so safe and so clear of these things that could potentially cause illness means that that hygiene operative isn't just a cleaner, which is a term that also annoys me because hygiene operatives aren't cleaners. Yes, they do clean, but they are very, very highly skilled operatives that are engineers. They understand the machinery. They understand how to take apart machinery to make sure that they're cleaning all the parts of it. They are process specialists. They understand how that machine operates so that they don't then recontaminate with um, once they've cleaned a part of it. They're chemical specialists. They understand what chemical to apply, in what concentration, for what time and in which part of the process. When some factories have such a broad chemical portfolio that they have maybe 15 or 20 chemicals on site, understanding what each one is used for is a key part of a hygiene operatives role. They are also a cleaning specialist. They know what processes to use to get what machinery clean, whether that's a a bottle and a brush, whether that's a a squeegee for a floor, or whether that's just a piece of scourer ready to get a flat belt clean. They understand how to apply those techniques and in what situation to do the best clean that they can deliver. On top of all of these traits, they are also great, great time managers, and this is something that businesses don't fully understand. Sometimes production overruns. Sometimes a line breaks down and engineering have to, clean, have to fix it before it can be cleaned. These things all impact on the hygiene team and the hygiene ops have to make decisions on a nightly basis about how they're going to clean a machine, when they're going to clean a machine and how long they can afford to take to get that machine in the standard that it needs to be. Obviously there are guidelines for what they have to do to deliver the proper clean and the validated clean, which is something we'll come onto in a later episode. But they have to understand those limitations and they have to flex their job to make that fit with the window that they have. The Hygiene Hustle is brought to you in conjunction with Clipspringer, Um, They are a great source of um, industry food safety compliance equipment, whether you be in technical and you're looking for uh, temperature probes or whether you're a hygiene manager and looking for squeegees and brushes to help with your clean. Clipspring are the one-stop shop for all of that kind of thing. Thank you very much to their time and for their help in producing this podcast. So how do these hygiene ops that are really highly skilled know what to do? That comes down to the writing of cleaning instruction cards, CICs as I call them. You can also call them CWIs, which is cleaning work instructions. Everybody's familiar with SOPs, um, standard operating procedures, or SSOW, safe systems of work. In my opinion, a CIC, a CWI, they're both um, the same as a standard operating procedure, just for cleaning. Um, in most standards, so whether that's customer standards, m and codes of practice, all of the um, other major supermarkets, they all have their own codes of practice around what goes into a CIC, um, as does BRC, and they're very prescriptive about what they're expecting to see when they look at a CIC. So that's where you get your guide from, but what are the key points? Uh, the key things for a cleaning instruction card start with the name. Really simple, but you've got to get it right. So the name of the piece of kit you're talking about cleaning. I like to have a reference number attached to that name so that it's um, linked to an area. So for instance, if you've got a low risk cooking area, your reference number would be C and then a number to tell you which piece of machinery it was. If you have a high-care canteen, or a high-care change, shall we say, you have a high-care HC and then change CH, or CR for changing room, and that means that you can identify where that, cl- where that piece of machinery is in your factory by the code that you've given it. Um, I find that it's really nice to have a serial number or an asset number Um, For the piece of equipment, it doesn't always happen. It's not always something that a business has, um, but that allows a link to engineering and it allows the engineers to understand if they need to get you to clean this asset number, then that's um, linked to the CIC as well. Also on a CIC, there are two dates. One is the date the CIC was created. And the other is the like the date it was last updated. And this comes hand-in-hand hand with a version number. This is your document control. This allows you to see who's updated and when. And um, it allows you to make sure that your operatives on the shop floor are working to the latest update. The software that the chemical suppliers use to generate these, they can auto-generate these, ref- these uh, version numbers, and that allows you to have a constantly updating system, and it also archives the previous version so that you know what your previous version was. The next thing I'd like on a CIC, or i like to see is who's responsible for both cleaning and who's responsible for checking that clean. So in some situations, if it's an interim clean between production runs, it could be that production operatives are responsible for cleaning, and the production supervisor or team leader is responsible for checking. If it's a hygiene deep clean, it'll be hygiene operatives and hygiene manager or the hygiene supervisor. It allows you to know whose job it is to do each individual part of that cleaning process. So they're all the kind of the technical pieces that we want to see. The next section of things I'd like to see are the health and safety parts. So in that are first and foremost, the chemicals you're gonna use what type of chemical they are, are they an acid, acid, an alkaline, a caustic, all those details. What concentration are you going to use them at and what time are you going to leave them on the machine? This gives your operatives the information of what they should use, where, when and for how long. The next thing I'd like to see for the health and safety parts is any instructions for lock-offs. So if you have to lock a machinery off or isolate the electronics for any reason, I'd like to see a picture of where you lock off, how you lock it off, and at what stage of the process it gets locked off to be made safe. Next, any PPE. Do you need any special PPE? Is it is it a, a, a place that you need um, chainmail gloves or cut-resistant gloves for handling blades? Do you need a uh, full-face visor, do you need breathing apparatus because it's a confined space with, with bad chemicals? All of these things all need to be in your cleaning instructions so that people know how to protect themselves while doing that job. And then finally, any special precautions. Is there a piece of equipment that's heavy that needs two people to lift it? Does the machinery need a blade guard to go on before you remove the blade? anything like that can all come into the special precautions and that's all part of the health and safety part of the cic then the bulk of the cic is the method how you're going to do it whether it's an allergen clean a daily clean a deep clean a periodical clean or even an interim clean between uh, production runs each clean could be different each clean could have different times associated with it, different chemicals associated with it. So each different clean must have a different description. And I'd like to see lots of photos used with those. The reason we use photos a lot is because generally within a cleaning team, within a hygiene team, there are sometimes operatives that aren't, that don't have English as a first language. And having a very clear photo about what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to achieve the clean actually makes it a lot easier for them to understand as they're taking that machine to pieces, as they're carrying out that job. The other thing with photos is you can be very direct about saying, remove this bolt, remove that clip, take that guard off. It makes it very clear rather than having to describe everything in a very long-winded fashion in a description, you can annotate the photo to make it very clear. And then finally, key inspection points. These are the points where people like me, as an auditor, will come in and they'll look at your key inspection points. And they're where they'll first check for any signs of debris. And they should be where you are checking post-clean every time to make sure that they are clean. Again. This is another place where photos make life so much easier if you know what you're checking and which piece of equipment you're looking at and which part you're, you're checking every time it makes it very easy to repeat and it makes it very very simple for me to come in and look at your key, key inspection points so that's what we'd like to see in a CIC it varies people make them in different ways so the various different ways. Most chemical companies that you use, most chemical providers have their own software for doing that job. Um, Gateway from Kersia, uh I think it's still PlanChex for Ecolab. They, they have an inbuilt software that that will generate a PDF of that machine. And it has all of those boxes for you to complete. You can also create them by hand. I have um, worked in the past with some sites that, that do generate hand-built CICs built in Word or in Excel and they have all the symbols exactly the same and when they're generated they look exactly the same as the whole chem or cursier versions but they're, they're their own version their own controlled documents. So who should create them? Hygiene ultimately have responsibility for creating CICs it's their job it's what they're going to be doing it's their standard to set that doesn't mean that nobody else should be involved personally when I create a CIC I would like engineering to be involved to make sure that the strip down that we're doing is first and foremost safe it's not something that we need engineering support with because if engineers need to support us then we need to make sure that they can do that job for us and also to make sure that by doing that strip down in that fashion we're going to access all the pieces of the machinery that we need to access. The other person that should be involved at this point is health and safety. If you have a safety person involved in creating your CICs and they are comfortable that they are your uh, control document, your safe system of work for doing that job, then that's how you should do that job every time. And they they need to be bought into the fact that you've written the correct description of how to strip that machine. You've you've handled all of the safety parts of that job correctly. Unfortunately, it's not always ideal. You don't always get buy-in from other departments. So the hygiene manager, the hygiene team need to make sure that they're covering all of those off themselves. And hopefully in the future, at some point, they will get a check over by the other departments. CICs, cleaning work instructions, whatever you call them, they all need to record the validated clean. Now validation is something we'll get onto in the next episode, but every card needs to be recording the validated clean. This is a chicken and egg situation. Without cleaning the machine once, you can't get to the validated clean. Without the validated clean, you shouldn't be writing a CIC. So, how do we deal with that? Well, the answer is, not all equipment is brand new. There is a version of that machinery out there somewhere. Every cleaning every cleaning process has a start point we all have a basic start point with a cleaning process. A rinse, a chemical foam, some manual agitation, another rinse, a disinfection step, and then possibly another rinse, depending on what disinfectant you're using and whether you're handling organic. Those six points are key to pretty much every cleaning process. That's your start point. For any detail around that, you can reach out to the specialists involved with your cleaning supplier. So um, I know the major chemical companies all have application specialists. They might all have different job titles, but they all have different uh, application specialists. Pick up the phone, say, hi, I've got a new paddle mixer. Please, can you help me with how to clean it first? Most hygiene managers will have had an experience of some other type of machine that's very similar. You can also reach out to the manufacturer. In some engineering and new machinery purchases that I've dealt with, we've had it written into a user requirement specification that the manufacturer needs to deliver cleaning instructions at the same time as they deliver a manual for the piece of kit that they're, they're delivering. A lot of equipment suppliers will do that It will be very basic and it won't specify cleaning chemicals or cleaning times, but it will show you how to strip the machine and it will show you which parts are fundamental to the cleaning process. So talk to the engineering department, talk to the person who purchased the equipment, have a look at the manual for the piece of equipment because they might have a cleaning section in there. Any specialist help, reach out to a hygiene provider Whether that be your chemical supplier or a a hygiene specialist of an independent nature and they can then help you. But most hygiene managers will understand those are the main ways we get things clean. As I mentioned validation comes up in the next episode. Hope you've enjoyed what we've done here today. That's it for today. Thanks a lot for joining us and I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard here. If you'd like to ask us any questions, if you'd like to talk to me about anything else, if you'd like me to discuss something that's important to you and your hygiene teams, please, please get in touch. I'm on Instagram at HygieneHustlePod. I've also got an email address, which is thehygienehustle at hotmail.com. And you can drop absolutely anything to me there. And if it's of Relevance and it's of importance to you guys. We'll talk about it on the podcast Quick couple of thank you's I'd like to just thank Clipspringer for their time and energy in getting this thing off the ground with me I'd like to thank Greencore for the time for allowing me to do this alongside my day job and If you like the way I talk if you'd like the way I speak about food safety and hygiene uh, please come along to the Food Safety Innovation Conference uh, it's being hosted at the University of Lincoln in September, where you'll be able to hear much more from me and some other really high profile people in the food industry, uh, all talking about key, key things within food safety. Um, if you're looking for tickets for that, please look up Food Safety or uh, Innovation or FSI on LinkedIn and you'll be able to find tickets. Thanks a lot for now. See you again soon.